Whoa, wait, what? That's better. Hi there, and welcome to Season 2 of the If You Ask Betty podcast, the podcast about all kinds of development topics for all kinds of learning professionals. I am Betty Danowitz, and today we're talking with Dan Hurt and Josh Risser about some hot tips for podcasters. Hi, Dan. Hi, Josh. Hi there, Betty Hello. Danowitz. Thanks for giving you. <laughs> I have to rib you about that every time, right? <laughs> I have to pause or I, I will to. call you Josh Risher. Josh Risher. Yep. No, I do it to I myself. Can't, so. I can't make it. So I have to go Josh Risser. Yes. Dan? In case anyone's hurt. wondering. Yes. Yeah. And if they weren't wondering, they probably are now. Yeah. Okay. So thanks, guys. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, can you give us a quick intro about you and, and then how do we know each other? We'll start with Dan. All right. Um, me and you met through a LinkedIn uh, back and forth, maybe two and I don't know, about two years ago. It was about yes. two years ago, almost on the nose, I think. Yeah. Two years ago, your life changed. It sure did. And uh, for so many reasons. <laughs> yeah. And then then we kind of back and forth a little bit, just kicking around ideas. And I was on, if you ask, Betty, uh, in the early days, I, I was mm -hmm. one of the early guests. So it's an mm -hmm. honor to be on that short list. But uh, yeah, and then we kicked around a few uh, fun ideas since, largely around podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Dan is my favorite co-host. Sorry, Josh. It's all right. This is I'll, uh, I'll, You know, I never co-host, so I so mean, that seems fair. It's fair. Good. All right, Josh, you're up. Yeah, Josh Risser. Uh, I'm a voiceover talent, and we were both at DevLearn 2019, and we did not meet. We tried, mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. I don't think our schedules like landed. Somehow, we didn't know each other existed at DevLearn 2019, I think, until like the very last night. And Correct. I think we were both like running all over Vegas already. I was probably unfit for meeting you at that time. <laughs> yeah. I quite, mean, that's Vegas frankly. for you in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I was probably running down to the milk bar for the 18th time to grab another, another piece milkshake? of their pie. Yeah. Oh, no, pie. Oh, yeah. Crack, yeah, yeah the crack yeah. pie. That's the stuff. And we've done, we've done an episode together yeah we did i mean i think i was right after dan i think it was like episode six or four yeah. or something yeah. like dan early, got the covenant number two yeah which was really just everybody's about gunning for number two yeah. <laughs> right. number two number two number one um, guy it's got too much heat you don't you don't yeah, want to do that sure. too much well work. yeah because because there's all those people that start with episode one yeah you know so you don't you don't want to be number one and turn yeah. people off yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, oh, two is two isn't great, but you know, you can't peak too early. That's right. So, oh, four. Four was excellent. Yeah. Who's was this it, Josh guy? Was it four? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just making it up. Boy, I, it might have been four. It might have been six. Anyways, voice. We talked about voiceover and yes. um, sudden robotic syndrome. Yes, that and was it. And karaoke, which you have emphatically said you have no interest in ever. Yeah. No, not interested. Thanks. Mm -hmm. That comes even up though, every time too. Even though you're a musician and a voiceover artist. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't really do this. I don't really do this thing. It's more so like the, the karaoke thing. I don't know yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. Like yeah. the people doing like drunk, bad covers to, you know, midi tracks of songs. Like it just, I don't like it. Do you mean like, making memories, not, Josh? Is that what you mean? Making, making memories, memories and having fun. Yeah. I'm I'm very much against <laughs> fun. Let's just put that um, that's my that's my platform. No fun for you. The no listeners fun. suspected that, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, thanks for those quick intros. Today we're talking about hot tips for podcasters. Uh, and I know that both of you have experience in podcasting in different ways. So that's really, I think, where the value is in this conversation. So here's what I'd love. I'd love to hear about your experiences sort of we'll go one after the other. So Dan, I would love to hear about your experience with adding a podcast to an organization. And then I'm hopeful we can get some really great voice tips from Josh. Does that does that work for you, fellas? That'd be all right. Sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Great. So Dan. Yes. Podcasting and learning solutions is a thing right now. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> I said sure that is, so Betty. many times. Yeah. But everyone seems to want to get on the train, right? Yeah. Uh, so I know you've well, been so there. The, yeah, I, I have. And I've been there for a minute too. And I haven't really consistently podcast. And that's kind of me in a nutshell. I'm not sure if I consistently do anything. But I, my first, very first podcast that I started was called Training by Fire. And that was 2012. So that's this summer. That'll be 10 years ago. Mm, I started mm-hmm. my first podcast. And you know, there was a lot of different lessons that people had to learn back then versus now. There was a kind of a little bit more on the heavy on the technology side back then, but uh, now it's a little bit smoother. And this all kind of factors into kind of how I saw an opportunity in my organization. It's a property management firm is, is where my nine to five is spent. And it was, I think the experience having the podcast, seen it as an easy avenue that was relatively low ROI that allowed the opportunity when I saw it at the office which, and there's, there's a lot of different types of opportunities, but when I saw it at the office, I thought, well, could we just use this as a cheap kind of quick communication piece? And I talked to my boss and her boss and everybody seemed on board to kind of kick it around. So then, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of tech kind of investigation because what I did as a hobby podcast, it's a different beast. You know, your mm-hmm. tolerances are completely different. You're willing to do it on the cheap or for nothing, or maybe you're willing to invest a few bucks in equipment where a company would or wouldn't. So there's a lot of different pieces that are there, but I was able to kind of put together a reasonable pitch once I got some numbers put together and understood what the tech was, not just the recording stuff, but how did it interface on the corporate side as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you got to worry about, well, where are we hosting this file? Because it's not on, you know, myname.com or a free hosting site. So it's it's a bit of a different beast in that sense. But um, I think that was a, a mashup of just research and sh- not schmoozing, but socializing, talking to a bunch of different people about it and saying, hey, here's kind of an idea we're just thinking about. We're kicking Maybe around. Schmocializing? Schmocializing? Could be. Like schmoozing we'll and to check in with Josh Risher to uh, see what Josh Risher can tell us. Sean Schmocializing? I know all about the SH words. <laughs> <laughs> you should just change your last name to Risher and help It'd us. Just help everybody. Yeah. It probably would help everyone. It really would. Even you, because then you don't have to say your own name wrong. It's yeah. for the good of society, right? It is. Yeah. It really is. Anyways, um, it was kind of having having like that that hobbyist background that made it an easier mm-hmm. way to see the opportunities that were there. It was work. It was long. It was probably about uh, about eight months is what I figure it took me from kind of the first conversation through to when we actually posted the first one. But uh, it was pretty good. Okay. So let's back up just a little bit. You said you're a hobbyist podcaster. So you have yes. how many podcasts? So you said you started one in 2012. Then yeah, what? I started one in 2012 and that, that ran for a few years until I got busy. Then I took a breather for a little bit. Once life settled down, I started up uh, Mosby Learning. Me and a, a friend of mine, Adam Kostick, started Mosby Learning up. And it was just kind of a way to get back into the, the podcasting scene a little bit because I missed it. Um, and 
Then uh, after we shut the world down a couple years ago, mm-hmm. me and some friends of mine started another one called the Quarant Tigers, where we Fun. started off. Yeah, it was it was talking all about uh, everybody's favorite topic at the time, which was the Tiger King on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one's still going uh, on occasion, just like my other one on occasion as life allows. But uh, yeah, so there's those and... Then occasionally I visit the If You Ask Betty podcast, and uh, yeah, you're in the you're else. in the running for most times somebody's been a guest. I think you might be the number one. I'd have to check the analytics. Well, yeah, the, the co-hosting guest thing kind of blurs a little bit. I think. Hey, eh? that's fine. I mean, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so you have these hobby podcasts, and that yep. kind of helps you figure out the the mechanics of the whole thing, right? Like what you got to do to get ready, what you got to do to actually put out your podcast. But when it was time for you to pitch it, I know you had to build a, some sort of pitch deck, right? Yep. What did you, what did you do to kind of work through that? So I guess the major components of the pitch deck, I would put them as demographic information, a summary of the technology, and then maybe a, a summary of the content. Those might be the three different groups that I put it on. So the mm-hmm. the demographics, you, you almost need to demonstrate that you already have a built-in audience. And believe it or not, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a funnel game, right? So you keep going down the funnel and eventually it doesn't get to everybody at the office. It might start with an optimistic number, I think is about 38 or 30% of people at the office are likely a listener of a mm-hmm. podcast. But that doesn't mean they're interested in a work sort of podcast. Right. Exactly. You know, maybe they are. Maybe. And then then can you look at the other group and say, well, people that aren't interested in podcasts, if they were really, if they wanted to hear their CEO talk on this podcast thing, whatever the hell that is, maybe they'd be interested. So it's not exact science is how to figure out your demographic, but it gives you a ballpark number to say, listen, we have people that are familiar with this format. A lot of people are doing it in general. Here's the millions and millions of numbers. And mm-hmm. it's pretty low ROI. And that kind of goes into the tech side of it. So you got to understand, I guess, what the potential return could look like if you're trying to sell it as a business solution. And that's why you need to kind of dial in what that audience might be. Sure. What did you learn while you were kind of moving through the pitch? And even once they said yes, implementing the podcast corp- in, in a corporate setting? What did I learn about implementing it in a corporate setting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess you got to be prepared to make concessions. Don't, you know, don't get too married to your vision because mm. it's not your vision. It's it's how your vision might mold to the company's needs, which is, you know, that's all of us in a nutshell too, right? We're, sure. we're we, we can kind of find our outlets through work, but it's through work that we get the opportunity. So it's a bit of a different thing uh, in that sense. So you're, you got to be a little less invested, which if you really want to dig into the format, if you don't already have a hobby podcast, like I would maybe kick it around with your friends, socialize mm-hmm. it there, see if anybody's interested in jumping in because it, it is, and it can be a really fun format. What was the third thing or what's different about the corporate setting? I think that's the big one. And then, well, also, so something that I'm not entirely excited about is jumping through hoops, but sure. that's an inevitability, right? Right? And then you've got, that means you got to talk to whoever owns the .com that you might be trying to put it on or whoever owns the share, uh, SharePoint page that you want to put it on. So you have to liaise with a lot more people. Oh, you got to make friends. Yes, indeed. Mm. But there's, yeah, there's just a lot more schmoozing that goes into it. You can't just you gotta go to- it. You got to it. <laughs> you can't just go to anchor.fm and start up, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot more red tape, yeah. So, so one of the biggest questions that I think we get about corporate podcasting is like, where do you store it? Because, you know, a lot of companies 
if they're doing an internal podcast, they want to keep it internal. So anchor.fm mm-hmm. is not for you. Like what, mm-hmm. what would be your sort of your take on that? So, yeah, I think there's two different ways to approach, well, three maybe, but um, so you could get white glove or black glove kind of, uh, or a white label. I don't know, whatever the fancy thing is, the, the, uh, the fancy labeled private app that you could get, which is usually like a- Is what is white glove, black glove like a Canadian thing? I don't know what that is. Maybe. I don't know. I think a white <laughs> label, but black label. Because black label is like a fancy thing at the store, but white label you can customize. You are the king know. of analogies and metaphors, and sometimes they're so mixed I can't even keep up. <laughs> I think I always preferred the blue label myself, blue which label. it's a little more expensive, but it what well, didn't burn as much. Oh my god! <laughs> Anyways, so what you're saying is we could buy, we could get a commercial product to help us. That's right. Yeah. And those, what I've kind of seen those, if you're, it's hard to find like private podcast apps. You can't, you for sure can. Mm -hmm. But if you start looking at corporate internal communications apps, that's more, there's a big Venn diagram overlap with those two pieces. So, so they're either one's a good, uh, good avenue to go down. Some of the commercial, I just want to throw this in commercial ones that we know of is Blueberry, right? Yep. With no E, Blueberry with no E, no E's at all. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Yep. Okay. And then Podbean, both of those can kind of give you that that private hosting. Um, yeah. It's not free, but hopefully you have budget. Well, that's it. That's it. Do you mm-hmm. have budget, right? Uh, you could do like a, a SharePoint, which is what we ended up, the solution we ended up going with at uh, where I work. And it's not, uh, you know, it's not what I would call a sexy solution, but it does the job. And it's better than not having the opportunity for people to hear the conversations that are being, you know, taking place. So uh, that's another way to go. And Betty, I know you've talked before about unlisted on YouTube and that's, that's kind of a, I don't know. It's, it's, it depends on what I think you're putting out there because even unlisted doesn't mean not found, you know, or not shared. It's, it's most likely not to be found or shared, but that's a great way to prototype. Like if you're just prototyping before you have your final solution is to, to basically turn it into a video and with a static image and post it on YouTube as unlisted. Uh, it's a good way to sort of get it out there to test. It's a good, it's a good start. Uh, but most likely you're going to need to land on SharePoint or your LMS. I mean, a lot of LMS can now hold audio files, so you could do that. And Or else there's, like we said, Podbean or Blueberry. It's with great restraint that I'm holding back on this LMS. Put it in the LMS comment. Why? Uh, Tell us what you really think. Tell us how you really feel, Dan. It's so terrible. So, okay. So this is my my vision. And this is, we were talking about concessions. My vision mm-hmm. was to list it on the uh, external.com in a way that we're we're posting vanilla enough content that it's kosher that it's sitting out there in the world and then people can just consume it in the way that they already do which mm-hmm. is you know if you're on apple or, or uh, spotify or whatever the case is right so sure. that that way your th- potential 30% base in the audience because that's what just the general demographics play out as that means that there is zero friction with them being potentially connected to your machine or your your message right excellent point yep but but you have to be able to have a durable enough message or at least a scrubbed enough message that you can do that mm-hmm. and a lot of people aren't comfortable even if that is the threshold that they meet because it's never safe enough right yeah sure. so that, that that's it so it was balancing that while we have a risk, whether it's a big risk vector or not, there's a bit of a risk if it's external. Let's do it internal. It's safer. It's not as fun. I get it, but it's safer. So mm-hmm. that's 
you know, and that's, there's a lot of different choices and concessions that you've got to make there. Yeah. Agreed. Any specific hot tips for folks out there that are attempting to add podcasting to their learning solutions right now? I would say there are two things that I would really encourage. One of them is to, if you don't already have a hobby podcast, because that is where you scrape your knees, that's where you learn all of your lessons, and that's where you sound smarter in the boardroom when you're talking to all the people. Uh, The other thing is really find all the avenues that you can to market it. Don't just sit on email because that's not awesome for anybody. So Mm -hmm. find the avenues, whether it's, you know, posters in the lunchroom, or whether it's somebody shouting it out on a webinar, or I don't know, uh, but something that think about your marketing program because if people know about it, there's potential. If they yes. don't know about it, there's no potential. Nothing's happening, right? Exactly. Yeah. Those are great tips. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk to Josh. Josh, hey, you have hey. been hey, you've been a voiceover artist for a while now, right? Yeah, it's uh, about say, six, seven years. Six, seven I, I years. lost track. Seven years, yeah. yeah. And if you want to hear yeah, the story about on. how Josh got into voiceover, listen to his other podcast episode on the If You Ask Betty podcast. See what I did there. You're going to have to go back. Hey, yeah. Go back. Episode. Go back. Awesome. Episode one, one of the, I don't remember either. It's like early. One it of, is early. One of the, the, it's the one with the most downloads. Just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. No right. No biggie. That's it. So anyways, how can we as podcasters or even just learning professionals, how can we get better at voice work? What do we need to know? Or maybe what do we need to forget to get better at it? The first thing you really should do is once you've got your mic in place, uh, just forget about it. Like Mm -hmm. really, like you don't, you don't need to worry about your mic anymore because, um, like so many people, like we talked in the previous episode, people get robotic. They get on a mic, they get a, a script or they just want to talk and they have like a thing to say and it just comes out very stiff and stilted. And you hear it in like e-learning, especially everyone. If I say e-learning narrator, you have this voice that pops mm-hmm. into your head and it's like, thank you for joining our e-learning yeah. course. And like, it's my, it's it's, my Alexa it's, voice. It's terrible. Like mm-hmm. no one likes that. No one likes to listen it's to true. it. It's not fun to narrate as like, so like just forget about all of those preconceived like thoughts you have about like whether it's e-learning narration or whether it's podcasting and just like being on script. Like I, my podcast is a solo podcast. So I, I have like notes in front of me, but I try not to be on script because you run into issues of sounding like you're on script, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't have even by yourself um, cause like a corporate podcast, you might just be doing the corporate news, you know, and you know, that might be the, the thing that happens. There might not be an interview and you've got to just be able to still kind of engage the listener, like a radio DJ that without sounding like a DJ, like you don't, you don't want to do that, you know? So just be yourself on, on the mic. Really? That's hard though. I think, I think, I think yeah. it's easy for you to say. Like, That's you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's hard to just just be your authentic self. Yeah. I know Dan loves that word. Just just <laughs> yeah. get in there and just talk because we don't like the sound of our own voice, at least yeah. not initially. So for sure, that is that is the thing. And that is honestly one thing I think I bring up every time we talk like to like people about this sort of thing is uh, number one, don't worry about your voice. A lot of people are like, ah, my voice is so terrible. I just don't like hearing it playback. You hear it a few thousand hours and it, you just start, it just starts sounding like another voice or even, not even a few thousand, tens of hours. Like yep. you maybe get 10 or 15 hours in and you don't hear it anymore. And uh, here's a pro tip. 
If you've ever had a conversation with anyone and they didn't cringe when you started talking, your voice is fine. <laughs> like, like, and most people, 99%, totally, uh, you totally have a perfectly fine voice. So just talk. So just, here's, just, the, here's, the, here's the other thing too that I'll say is, do you guys remember Bobcat, Goldthwait, Gold? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Character's he, the best. Oh, he made, he had a great career. And you did cringe when oh, you yeah. heard his voice. <laughs> but you, you know still what I'm loved it. Like, but you, yeah, but you were like, it yeah. made you listen harder because you're like, what is he saying? Yeah. Like, like seriously, so, like his character in Police Academy is like, mm-hmm. it's just a masterclass in in just like because that's not really him. No, like, that's like his yeah. character that that's he put the character on. That it is, and yeah. some people think he went too far, but like he, uh, yeah, he just had that like cracky. Weird, up and down, high pitch, low pitch, super intense. His word voice, very yeah. intense. Yeah, and, and uh, um, the only person, the only other character I've seen that like kind of connect, kind of makes me think of it is, or relates to it is cr- the guy that played Craig on Parks and Rec. Like he would have sort of a similar thing. It wasn't nearly as intense or like oh, deep yeah. in his chest. He would just like, have, did you have you seen that, Josh? Because you stopped. Talking. Uh, I have not. No. <gasps> Okay. Craig's in the later seasons. Like he's he in is in the later yeah, seasons. I watched early Parks and Rec, like the first season, I think. I, you keep going. I, keep I'm going. inconsistent in yeah. everything. It does. Like, it gets man. so good. But Craig is great because he he has anger issues. So as he starts talking, he just his voice and everything becomes angrier and angrier, and he's and next thing you know, he's just shouting. And yeah. so uh, that's the only person I've ever like. But you know what? I would listen to Craig on a podcast. Like, yeah, it's interesting. You'd have a hard know? time miking him in though. He would be. You would. Yeah, you've got to. You've got to really. He's got to ride the fader, or he's got to really know and be yeah. good at mic technique yeah. for sure. Yeah, like it's better when you can just be in front of the mic and not move. And yeah, that's true. But that's uh, true. but and and to Dan's point, that hobby podcast is going to help a lot mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the the secret, the real pro tip, is you don't get better unless you keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you think every time you step to the mic, it's going to be you recording a project. And it's going to be better than the last time you did it last month, but you haven't had a mic in front of you for a month, except for like a Zoom meeting. You, right. You're not going to be better for sure. But yeah. these days, people are getting better and better at it because they're on Zoom all the time or they're uh-huh. on you know, Zencast. Like people talk more and more. So this might not be as big of a hurdle now as it was two years ago. Agreed. Go ahead, yeah, I think them them being doing more conversations, even in a recorded fashion, because I know half of my meetings are recorded for someone or no one to review later. We just record them anyways. But that makes people like even just hitting the record button, that weirds people out sometimes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having done reps of that and Josh, you'd, you'd kind of mentioned, um, you know, the thousands of hours after you hear your voice for a long enough time, you're like, okay, whatever. It's just more voice. Um, but I think something that comes with that is almost like a deliberate, not deliberate practice, maybe even accidental practice, because as soon as you start doing it for the sake of a recording, I think maybe you intuit some adjustments that, you know, some professionals kind of use a little bit more, whether it's kind of the, the up and down, the, the yeah. depth, whatever, you know, but you start maybe considering it or thinking of it more of a tool. And if you, if you, if you aren't, I, like after you do it enough, you should think of your voice as a tool, especially mm-hmm. if you're using it to record. Mm-hmm. Agreed. For sure. You'll start noticing your tendencies. Uh, like when I was yeah. starting first doing voiceover, I would swallow ends in the middle of words all the time. Sounds and like oh. trying to think of like words with ends in the middle of internet. Like it was very weird or I didn't know 
you know, I got a pretty neutral accent, but I didn't know that uh, I started working with some people in Philly and the people in Philly are telling me that I'm saying words funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like, they're like, you say con, like the syllable con at the beginning of word in a word in a very weird way, like con content, content, contact, instead of content, contact. And I was like, that's weird. But the more, if I were to listen back, I might have heard it. Or mm -hmm. you get that feedback, you know, just to kind of say, like, oh, there are things that maybe I do. And that's probably not important for, like, podcasting inside. It's important for me, like, speaking to a, a specific audience. Um, but uh, but you'll notice your butt-uhs, like I just had, or your ums, or your, like, lip smacks. Man, they drive me crazy. But you'll Drives get sometimes where people between every sentence they smack their lips yep. yeah. and it's like dan like, dan does it all the time <laughs> dan he did I it did earlier not. i'm gonna punch him. i heard i did, did hear one earlier dan um but okay. only one all right but uh i mean no it's it's cool it's it's fine because it's a natural part of speech mm -hmm. let's let's also touch on that there's a lot of natural things that you do in speaking like repeating words twice as you're like collecting yourself in the middle of a sentence or yeah. even the occasional uh um like it just leans into a conversational style. And that's the difference between what I think is like good e-learning and even good podcasting, especially like as a solo podcaster and someone who sounds very stiff, you know, mm -hmm. like just like it's okay to drop a G at the end of the word or make sure you, you know, contract your words and say don't instead of do not or because don't sounds a lot softer than do not like do not sure. do this as right. opposed to don't do that like so all those conversational things that you might catch that are like oh that's not perfect speech that's also okay so you've got to find like where do you find those faders those dials where you're like oh i turn up the conversational turn down the formal mm -hmm. and turn off the lip smacks yeah <laughs> the lip smacking you know i think it's strange i think the, uh, people need this strange permission to to use contractions mm -hmm. for voiceover. Oh, totally. What yeah. in the hell is that? Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, Can't it's we just really use weird. them? Yeah. Like, I, so the the rule as like voiceover talents when when you're like helping a new voiceover talent, like I I do like workout groups in the middle of the week on Wednesdays, and we're workout Wednesday. We get together. And we have some new people. And we have some long time like voiceover talents, and we all direct each other and bring scripts and work together. And the new people are always like not contracting at all. Mm -hmm. And the real, the thing is, if you see a contraction where it says conversational in the spec, contract away. Like if there's one contraction in the script, make it all a contraction. Yeah. That said, I do have one client, uh, actually a couple of clients that are like learning clients where it has to be as written because it goes through legal. So to your point earlier, Dan, about the podcast being public or not, yeah. Sometimes, depending on the size of the company, if it, if the content doesn't clear legal, it can't hit a customer's ear, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if I contract something, legal didn't say it was okay to contract that, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is ridiculous, but I also, you've got to draw the line somewhere, right? So. Yep. That makes sense. So you've worked with, you, you just mentioned your, your working, what did you call it? Working together? Working Workout Wednesdays. Workout, workout Wednesdays. Workout, yes, because workout when Wednesdays. you said that, I thought you were doing aerobics for a second. But okay, yes, Workout Wednesdays. Workout so Wednesdays. When you guys you still get to wear a spandex, though, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I'm in my booth. No one's seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your, Tiger you have your sweatband? Yeah. You remember yeah. how I said, "Oh, my camera's not working." It's because I got my Tiger King leggings on. <laughs> oh, that's what's happening. 
Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Anyways, so as you've worked with in these workout Wednesdays, you've you've no doubt seen people who have hangups, right? So we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. the whole sudden robotic syndrome, like all of a sudden people are talking like a robot. They don't like they don't like to do contractions. What else have you seen that people sort of have happened to them when they're trying to do voice work? They're worried a lot about fixing everything immediately. Sometimes that's one big thing is they're like, oh, what's the thing I need to do to like make this better? And it goes again back to practice and recording and listening back and and going, oh, why doesn't that sound comfortable? Oh, just because I was like really stiff when I said this. But um, sometimes, especially if they're by themselves, they're not. They're just reading the words and they're not thinking about what the words mean. Like, what's the mm-hmm. intention behind what you're trying to say? Because mm-hmm. when you have a conversation with someone, it's a lot easier one on one when you're actually like face to face because you don't really think about what the words you use are. You think about what the intention is of the point you're trying to make. And then the words just kind of come out, if that makes sense. What you need to do is kind of reverse that and you're reading the words that come into your brain. You're understanding the intention, and then you're saying the words again with that intention, which is mm-hmm. really weird. But uh, and it's not something that you can do like right away. But that is kind of the goal when you're reading scripts, is to have that intention behind it. Which you can't do it on the fly all the time. And if you yeah. write the script, you you already understand the intention. You just have to remember that there's intention behind those words mm-hmm. when you speak them again, when you read them back. Your framing there, Josh, kind of made me think of uh, adding the intention. So we're starting with the voice because we're thinking, okay, we're using our voice, but we can't. Mm-hmm. We have to add additional pieces to it, and mm-hmm. it's almost like no, this isn't. It's not a voice thing. It's a communication thing. And when we're used to communicating, Bingo. we get to see everything. So let's just think about all the things that we have to put across that way and then close our eyes. So now we have to take that away and we have to compensate that somewhere else. So there's like so many other things that we could consider in communication. And yeah, I think people kind of, maybe it's a framing issue. Like they just focus on the voice instead of looking at the communication, the whole package that you're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I meant about like forgetting about the microphone, because if you yeah. forget that you're recording yourself and you forget, like you said, you forget the, what you're doing and you just worry about what you're trying to accomplish. Right. And it, I mean, this is getting a little like nebulous, like woo woo stuff, but it, yeah. it is. If you think about the nature of communication, it's you're trying to communicate. You're trying to communicate your needs or help someone else with theirs. And if you don't have that behind what you're saying, you've got nothing. You've just got words and there's so much more than the words. And so one thing that always comes up when you're doing voiceover coaching or like, I just had a session a couple of days ago for like a radio spot. And it was like, right away I come in and it's like eight 30 in the morning. So like, I'm not super warmed up yet. And I come in and I kind of give them like the, the regular, like comfortable radio read. And, uh, they're like, that was good, but like, just loosen it up. Like you're talking to a friend and like, you're trying to recruit them into this healthcare system. And it's cause it was like a healthcare recruiting spot. And it's like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot. Like picture, I've got a cousin who's a nurse and you know, picture her that I'm like, Hey, I've got this great place that we're trying to recruit some nurses to. And uh, this is why I think it's such a great place to work here. And that's, that was the spot. It was like, you know, retreats you more like more than you know, just another healthcare employee or just another nurse or just another caregiver. Like you're part of a community and you're serving this community and you have to understand that and then speak to someone. 
Which is why when you have like this podcast, if we had scripts, I have some notes in front of me about things I wanted to touch on, but you go so much deeper when you can actually converse with someone. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And so you have to fake that when you're doing it by yourself. So do you think that some people uh, have a more natural conversational ability? For me, when I listen back to like old stuff, it's the thing that's missing from my old work is confidence mm. and like comfort and just like being loose. And so I don't know, like you develop the ability and the skill through it, but there's still like some people who maybe have that, like, you see like kids early on that can just like play and mm-hmm. they don't worry about the stuff that's going on in their head or what other people will think of them. And that's really what it comes down to is you're just playing you're you're playing a character whether it's an e-learning character or information giving character like on a podcast or like this host character like you put on a different hat than you would be if you're talking to like your kid you have a different you have a different character on and so there's some people who can just like let their insecurities and stuff go easier than other people mm-hmm. i am not one of those people it took me a long time to get comfortable and like be able to just like open up on the mic, you know? And so, so so just out of curiosity, Josh, would you, would you say that you're an introvert? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Dan, Dan, are you an introvert? No, not so much. Well, maybe, I don't know. But okay. So a little bit, but I'm comfortable with, with You can be an extrovert and still not like people, Dan. That doesn't mean that you're. (laughs) That's that's not exactly how I describe it. (laughs) I, I mean, I do think that, that, that has something to do with it. There's not that there's anything wrong with introverts versus I'm not trying to make it do a versus, but when you get your energy from other people, when you're like me and Dan and the way that you survive is to suck it out of people like Josh, that <laughs> it's, it, I think it, energy vampires. I think it's not easier, but like there's a, there's a, there's a less of a steep curve to be able to have that because you're yeah. already doing it all the time because otherwise you, you know, you, you have no energy. You have to talk to people to get energy. You know, uh, Josh, you said something a second ago, and it was, uh, I think, being comfortable. I don't know. Comfortable not and looking, confident? There was a confidence level, but there was the idea that you're you're okay, uh, maybe confidence or something that has to do with the, like, the other people. You're not so worried about their impression about you fooling, uh, fooling around or, or making a mistake mm-hmm. or something like that. You don't worry about it. And the sooner you get there, and I think that's mm-hmm. maybe where I am. It's, you know, I'm, I'm okay being an introvert, but I'm also okay looking stupid in front of other people. Probably demonstrated that a couple of times, but, <laughs> um, but really I mean, that's the thing. If you can do that, if you can feel okay with people watching you doing whatever it is you happen mm-hmm. to be doing, that's the skill you really need to hone. You have to get over yes. yourself. Yeah. I mean, that is like a, I mean, this, this podcast has made a huge left turn, but that's, that's for sure. Like <laughs> one of my biggest yeah. difficulties early on, like I was always the quiet kid in school and it was mostly because I was afraid someone might notice me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'd hate mm-hmm. if someone like was like, Oh, who's this kid? And then I had to like talk to him. That would be, that'd be just <laughs> terrible. And so, so like, yeah, it took me a while to go, okay, I kind of like the idea of doing this voiceover stuff, like in this podcast, like for me, the podcast that I built in in DIY narrator was really like, not going to be a long term project, I pretty much stopped at like 30 some episodes or 29 episodes or something. But it's, it's my 
business card. It's a podcast mm-hmm. as a business card, really. Yeah. And that becomes kind of a different thing. If you're thinking about like, what could my hobby podcast be? It's been great for me. Like I, I would, I would not be here if I did not have my podcast as a business card, because I wouldn't have spoke at learning solutions. I wouldn't have been at dev learn. Like I have a hard time going, Hey, I'm a voiceover talent. Hire me for your e-learning. Like that's stupid to me. Like, why would you hire someone who just says, hire me? Why would I like to hire people who provide some value? And so I'm like, okay, these people might not be able to hire me, but I can still help them do better at their narration. So let's launch this podcast. And if someone has questions or difficulties, I can be like, hey, I got 30 episodes. There's something in there for you. And now I have a reason to talk to someone Mm -hmm. who might be able to hire me or refer me. And that actually has been this it's that's completely changed my business since I launched it in like 2018, I think. And you know, podcasting is to me one of the most efficient ways to generate content quickly, right? Because you're like, oh, yeah. we've just generated all this content. We're at like 38-ish minutes right now of of great content that people can take with them and use. And what's left to do is, you know, clean it up and publish it. So it's, it's, I don't have to, I don't have to write it. It doesn't have to be edited. I don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a great way to, to, to build your portfolio of content. Just like you said, make it your business card. I think that's great. So what would you say, last question for you, Josh, what is your best advice to overcome, you know, any of these hangups that we've kind of talked about? Like what's, if you were to give them like this, this, this is the big piece of advice. Josh says, do this or don't. Yeah. What would it be? I mean, practice like for real Mm -hmm. like get that hobby podcast going record yourself like reading books record yourself reading blog posts like if you're going to read the news hit record on your microphone and just like just read the news article into your mic and then listen back i mean it's it could double your news reading time but it just gives you like like dan said earlier just gives you that extra rep one more rep and every rep you have makes you like that much that much closer to like being more comfortable on the mic. Um, but also like that hobby podcast, if you're going to do like an interview style podcast in your, in your business or your company, try to do something similar to that. You've got to try to recreate that. You can't do like a solo podcast in one place and then an interview style podcast. And they're not really going to transfer, carry over quite as much. Mm-hmm. You know, so they will a little bit, but like you've still got to practice the skill that you're going to need in the, your primary podcast, right? Right. That's great advice. And beautiful segue into a shameless plug, which I wasn't planning to do, but hey, since you brought it up, if you want to start your hobby podcast and you need some help kind of getting it off the ground, uh, I can help you with that. Um, I am one of the facilitators for podcasting for trainers. You can find it at trainingmagazineliveandonline.com. Check that out if you want to get a certificate, even get a little fun little Credly badge um, and start your very first podcast. And you'll probably see or hear Dan and Josh there too. I mean, it's like- Fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah, one big circle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, just two more quick questions for you guys as we wrap up and we'll go, we'll start with Dan. What's a quality that you admire in others and why? I think the ability to give grace is becoming more and more important the older I get in myself and others. And it's certainly something we can all practice. So that's uh, probably a big one. I think, I think um, the why portion that is, I think a foundation for a good way forward for humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. Josh, how about you? What's a quality you admire in others and why? 
I mean, how do you follow that? I know. I'm so That's sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I was I mean, just going to hit the button and turn it off the recording yeah, and be like, we're done. It's like, but, we're yeah. just done. Yeah. Cut. That's a wrap. I mean, I was uh, thinking about it and it's just like, uh, going back to like the confidence thing, the people who can put themselves out there constantly, like week after week, who are consistently doing something and working in public and like, just, just not like have have like a blatant disregard for you know looking like a fool because it's okay to look like fool going back like you'd be surprised how many people are giving you grace for just working in public and so i like there's i know a lot of times for me it's hard for me to put myself out there into those sort of things and so yeah being able to uh to do that is uh very admirable very nice that was a, that was a beautiful compliment to what Dan said, and this this went from super fun and exciting to like all of a sudden we're very serious about life, and that's fine. Very. So let's let's just pull right out of that and say, hey, how can people connect with you if they want to after the show, Dan? Uh, you can probably find me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best spot to go if you're looking for any Mosby podcasts. Um, which we're uh, we should probably schedule one again sometime soon here. But I'm available. Uh, Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Um, I'm sure I'll include you somehow. Yep. And um, uh, yeah, mosby.ca. Just go there, mosby.ca. And yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Last name spelled H-I-R-T. Great. Josh. Yeah, uh, LinkedIn as well. Um, I've kind of dropped off for the last six months or so because, you know, I got tired of the internet. But I'm, I'm coming back. I'm a little more active there now. That's always been my place because that's where – and the people who I like to talk to are. So mm-hmm. you can find me Josh Risser, R-I-S-S-E-R, or joshrisser.com or DIYNarrator.com. Those are the those are the places. Those are all the places. Well, thank you, Dan Hurt and Josh Risser, for sharing your thoughts today. It's much more dramatic with the pause. Thanks to the listeners for hanging out with us. Uh, if you like this podcast, please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash if you ask Betty so you can learn how you can support this and other future If You Ask Betty projects. Don't forget to tell your friends and watch for another episode of the If You Ask Betty podcast soon. Peace out.